Well, I am just delighted to be able to introduce a friend, someone that I've known for a number of years. I'm just so proud of all that he does and his heart for the Lord. His name is Dean Lertzma. Dean, welcome to our little podcast today. Welcome, Randy. Thanks for having me today. My pleasure. Let me tell you a little bit more about Dean. He is a lifelong resident of Ottawa County, Michigan. That lies along Lake Michigan, for those of you unfamiliar with that. It's a beautiful county. He senses a call and equipping from the Lord to follow the Lord and love the Lord with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's his goal, and that should be the goal of all of us. Dean is a small businessman, uh, father, and lay evangelist. When the baby body parts from abortions, the abortion scandal broke in 2015, he believes he was awakened fully from his slumber to diligently try to let his light shine in the greater Grand Rapids area, particularly on that subject. We're going to talk about that. He's grateful that through God's providential leading, the Lord connected him with his co-laborers in the gospel, a couple of folks that we'll be hopefully talking to over the next uh, week or two, Stephen Nyland and Jordan Sweezer, two more interesting guys, and uh, hopefully you'll want to tune in and find them as well. But anyhow, Dean, thanks for being with us today. Oh, thanks for having me again, Randy. So, Dean, you come across to me as wholehearted, okay? You're just a guy that you're you're all in. Like you say, you want to love the Lord with all. <laughs> I, I am all in. I am a passionate person, yes. Where does, where does that come from? Is that just how God's wired you or, or what? He's wired me that way, but, you know, we can all sink into deadness. We're made to be a certain way, but if we don't follow the Father, we're not going to be who he made us to be. That's very right? we good. We end up in depression or despondency or whatever kind yeah. of... Um, now, you're raised in a Christian home, right? Correct, correct. When did you come to faith in Christ? And what was when, when was that and what was that process? As a boy, as a boy I, was, I knew I needed Jesus to, to pay for my sin. You know, I was raised in a good church, Hudson uh, yep. Baptist Church. Yep. Um, you know, of course, there's the 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 years where you don't really make that real. You know? Yes. And and that probably was. You just have to figure things out. And it probably went. I went to Cornerstone, was Grand Rapids Baptist College back then. Yep. Um, and had some good friends from there, and then you know, but just didn't really get it. You know, what does it mean to be a Christian? Yeah. Um, and went through a rough thing in the, in the early 2000s. Um, it really just, uh, Lord used that to meld me yeah. and, and soften, soften my heart, prepare my heart for what he had for me. Um, in 2007, I went to the call in Nashville on 7, July 7, 2007. And um, among other people, I'm trying to remember who exactly said it, uh, but it was, Hey, abortion is a real problem. Hmm. And the church has got to wake up to do something about it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that. Because I'd seen a video back in, in, in high school at church, uh, the, the silent screen. Sure. Remember and, that. And, you know, that yeah. was horrifying. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah. evil, right? Obviously, abortion is, is an evil thing. But we never think of anything that we should do about it as the church, let yeah. alone evangelism, right? And how those two are connected, the Lord brought that and brought those things together for me. Hmm. You mentioned uh, in, in what I introduced here, the little background you gave to me, you said that in 2015, uh, the baby body parts from abortion scandal 
when it broke, it it somehow impacted you. What 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 is that scandal you're talking about? Just well, when the undercover journalist had uncovered the the Planned Parenthood was selling was changing procedures and taking baby body parts from live babies yeah. and selling them for um, medical research. Wow, which may actually have led to COVID. Um, that's a different story. Wow, um, they were using fresh baby body parts to do gain of function research in Wuhan. Um, hmm. came out in a congressional testimony, but that's another story. Yeah, sure. um, that was as a, as a father of a, of a what she'd have been then 15 month old, really, really drove home what I already knew. Having seen those things and like, well, this has gotten worse. Like evil doesn't go away if we ignore it, right? We have to enter the fray and it's only going to get worse. The more we delay, the more costly it's going to be for us to, when we actually have to engage it. So what did that do to you? Okay, you you saw that Planned Parenthood was taking these body parts from aborted children and selling them. What what did that do inside of you? I ripped my heart apart as a father. Like, how can you do this to a a child? Mm -hmm. What kind of monsters are you to to cut their, excuse me, to do terrible procedures to them while they're still alive? Yeah. And and I'll keep it G-rated there. Um, Yep. So... Like I just, I just was broken hearted and wept. I started praying okay. two and three and four hours almost every night. No kidding. The Lord would wake me up. Wow. And, and just like, Lord, wake up the church because they're overtaking us with this bloodshed. Bloodshed is going to over, overwhelm us and bring the wrath of God. Um, uh, at one point, actually, uh, you, that was that, was that that year? Yes. It was six months later, well, just a few months later, in travail of prayer, I actually was uh, had a demonic attack on me over this issue. No it kidding. me down in my bed, um, and I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe until I said the name of Jesus. I finally got just Jesus' help, like in the faintest of voices, and instantly I was restored um, the victory over these atta- this attack at that moment. So it's a very real issue, and it's the tip of the spirit. The theology, in my opinion, I, um, I did. I have a master's in the Old Testament from Cornerstone GRTS. And I wonder why would I be getting this, but I understand now it really helped me see some of these issues. But the one who has dominion has access to the produce of the land, right? God gave humankind dominion, but Satan stole it from us, and now Satan thinks he can harvest our children as his produce to strengthen his evil, right? If you look the story of Second uh, Kings chapter three, where um, the king of Moab sacrificed his son to Chemosh, Chemosh mm-hmm. and, and they then turned around and routed the Israelites, reversing a great victory Israel was winning. So the power of bloodshed uh, in its wicked, like witchcraft sense, is, is not to be tampered, tight, trifled with. And we've let it go on way too long. Like I said, it's not going to go away on its own. It just it, it defiles everything it touches and it gets more and more powerful. And it deadens the consciences of people so they don't see their need for the savior. Right. Right. So once you've committed abortion, once you've murdered someone, that's a lot harder to walk back than stealing a candy bar. Mm-hmm. And when you accept that and all that kind of evil, it, it's just, you can't acknowledge that there's a God you, you need to repent to, right? You've now declared yourself God hmm. um, with the power over life and death. Wow. So as a result of that, you've been involved in, Taking action against abortion in America. Uh, I'm sure you celebrated Roe v. Wade being overturned. I mean, it should have never it should never have been 
passed in the first place in 1973 to suggest that the 14th Amendment to our Constitution requires a policy of abortion on demand is preposterous. And I'm speaking, of course, as a trained attorney and former prosecutor and judge, as I say those words. So it was right to overturn it. But what was discouraging was that once it was overturned, um, there still is is a lot of pressure for states um, and areas, the country as well, to have legal abortion. Right. That's that's sad, isn't it? It is sad. Um, it just it just speaks to what I was saying earlier that this stuff has tainted our consciences so that we can't. It's like when the builder sets of, uh, to pour the walls and they put the foundations up and Roe v. Wade was the, the molds into which they poured the cement of culture. And now the cult, now they've taken the, the, the molds away and, yeah. and the cement still stands. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk more about the heart behind it, but right. first let, let, let's talk about what you do and have done and have been doing uh, to, you know, to try to end abortion, at least in our area. Sure. Thank you, Randy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I didn't know what to do. So I just like jumped in. Like that was always, if you're not sure what to do, just jump in where the problem is right uh-huh. in the battle. Uh, so after a couple of, there's some protests that were being held in Grand Rapids by well-organized protests, 500 or more Christians had come out uh-huh. in front of the uh, Planned Parenthood a couple of times. And I'm like, well, what can be done? There's gotta be an abortion clinic here. I started looking around. Um, I come, I don't know how, oh, I remember because Crossroads had been engaged in 40 days for life a couple of times. Okay. Yeah. I'd I'd done that with them back in like 2014, 2015, 13, maybe 13, 15. And, um, so I said, well, I should just start going down there. So I went into work. Here's a funny story. I went into work real early, um, one morning to do a quality check issue and then do some stuff before I went down to pray. Cause I didn't know what else to do. I was just going to go pray at the battlefield. And I actually, uh, in a freak accident, had my Achilles cut with something I do all the time. And the moment my Achilles was cut, I, I, Genesis 3 came into my mind, right? My heart, uh, you bruise your head, but you'll crush it. Or it'd say, he'll bruise your heel, but you'll crush his head. Like, oh, this is interesting. Well, now I'm told my, my wife, who's raised Pentecostal, she's like, well, you're going down there now for sure. <laughs> so I got a tetanus shot and went down and we prayed uh, on crutches I did. Um, and I just started going most weeks for an hour or two, just praying yeah. that the Lord would wake up the church. So you would go to the abortion clinic right. in town. There's just one in town. Is that fair? There was one surgical abortion clinic in town, yes. Okay. And so you would go and wait on, you'd be on the sidewalk outside right. that abortion clinic. And, I've and been pray there. there. Yep. And pray for people's eyes to be open, the church. And, and, you know, just, and the Lord started teaching me a lot of things being there, like, realizing the dynamics of the, of the spiritual battle. When you go to where Jesus is, he, you can, he, he teaches you, right? Like he taught me things that I wouldn't have learned if I didn't go. Okay. Um, and, and I started, you know, he tried to reach out to men and women as they came in or came out, yep. you know, like, Hey, we're here to help. And, and Jesus um, is the only one who has the authority to take life. You need to turn from this to him. You normally you got negative reaction. Sure. And, I didn't, I personally wasn't involved in any like baby saves, but I, right. you know, it's like that's all yep. to the Lord, right? Sure, I mean, sure. Like Long term yep. perseverance yep. is what God asks us to do. Yeah. So I just started praying, like, Lord, bring out the church, wake up the church. I was typically the only Protestant there, oftentimes the only person there. Oh. Uh, 
but like 40 days for life would bring out a lot of people, probably a 70% Catholic and 30% Protestant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and and it, I started in, in, well, so that's what I just did. Like that's before we get to the story that introduces us to, to the change in the battle. Right. Yeah. Because there has been a change recently. Right. Right. Well, let's talk about that. There was a one doctor that did these things. He wasn't real friendly to the protesters, was he? No, not in the least. Not in the least. Uh, he he told me, like, don't you dare trespass on my property. Like, And I was, like, standing with a toe on the line, not in some okay, shape, yeah. right? Like, um, so he's very hostile. And uh, I guess I should say one thing leading into that. In 2016, 16, which would be seven years ago. So it's only been, I've been only kind of out for like 10 months, eight months. Yeah. And I, I, I realized like, Lord, we're not reaching this generation. The people that come here are so lost. They're willing to kill their own children. Uh-huh. Like how lost must that be? And like, we don't often ponder that. Like how, how far sin takes us away from what God wants us to be. Mm-hmm. Where we're giving, we're giving our children to Satan to consume, right? Their blood. Right. And I'm like, Lord, what do we need to do? We go to our jobs and take care of our families they go to the bars and party. Mm-hmm. We don't, our paths don't cross. What's it going to take father? And I listened for a moment. I clearly heard him, heard him say to me, street preachers. Okay. So I'm like, okay, father, send street preachers. Like I'm, at that point, the only thing concept of street preachers is like, got sure. a megaphone yelling, right? Like yeah, yeah. that's not a fair construct, but it's what we think of. And I never, um, what's his name? Living Waters guy. He's a much better example of the street preacher, right? Like, uh, what's his name? You know what I'm talking about? Steven, Steven Nyland? No. It's, um, Jordan Sweezer? Fa- no, this guy's a famous guy. Uh, okay. Living Waters. Uh, Ray Comfort. Oh, okay. Ray Comfort? Yeah, many might know him. Like, he's a much better example. Like, oh, so you don't have to be like angry bullhorn guy. But anyway, so I prayed that. And, and two months later, I was there in late August. And I was there by myself again. And, and, this guy comes walking down Fulton, down, it was at 320 Fulton, East Fulton. And he's like, good morning, brother. What you doing out here today? I said, well, I'm praying and trying to minister to these people that come here. I said, what are you here for? And he said, well, I'm here to preach. <laughs> this is like 60 days after I asked the Lord to send street preachers. Well, you're a street preacher. Uh, and I, I reached in my wallet and took out like, I don't know, $40, $50, whatever it was. Is exactly what he needed for what he was saving for his GoPro. Wow. I gave it to him. Like your confirmation, your answer to prayer, this is for you. Wow. So that led to an ongoing confrontation between the police and the street preaching. And the city of Grand Rapids ordinance at that time was very negative to the First Amendment. It was if you make a noise, someone doesn't like it, you have to be quiet or call, you can have the police call and you arrest you for disor- disturbing the peace or whatever, right? Right. So there was absolutely no street preaching going on in Grand Rapids whatsoever. No soapbox in the tradition of this country. Hmm. There's nobody uh, at our prize. There's nobody at festival or any place that there's these big gatherings. Sure. Um, and it's forbidden. And and the police finally like kept sending the same cop down who was hostile to the gospel. Because some police would be like, you know, just like, you know, try to keep it down a little bit. And, yep. Yep. Um, to try to make him an excuse not to arrest him. This guy, they sent him like two or three times. Finally, guys, I'm going to arrest you if you keep this going on. So, Stephen Nyland brought a lawsuit through ADF and then they handed it off to a local lawyer um, against the city of Grand Rapids. Okay. 
And that went on for probably two years. And, and my wife and I went to a, a donor conference uh, and they had some prayer team ministering. Mm-hmm. And, and the prayer team was like listening prayer to husband and wife. They had a gift, spiritual gift to be able to even perceive each other's hearts. Sure. And they said, you have some ministry that you're doing. I don't know what it is, but the Lord says you can't do it alone. You need a band of brothers to surround you. That's good. Said, yeah, Lord, that, that is it. That's the truth. This is what I need, Father. Send a band of brothers. That's so good. Uh, um, two weeks later, or three, the city of Grand Rapids settled with Stephen Nyland. They changed the noise ordinance. So, so now street preaching is allowed in Grand Rapids. You can even use an amplifier. Praise it's God. 100 feet. It doesn't sound doesn't sound louder than a normal conversation. Okay. Praise the Lord. That's that good. opened the door. Amen. Right. So that would have been, what, 2019? Okay. So then COVID hit, right? They tried to shut down things that way. Right. But we stayed at it. Um like a year and a half later, this other guy, Jordan, is getting this calling to be a street preacher, like a street missionary, sure. and, and to present the gospel. Right. So next thing you know, we have these street preachers coming out, which makes the doctor more hostile. Okay. Right. Yep. So he's getting real edgy. Um, he's people. We Actually, the street preachers have had a gun pulled on him on two occasions down there. So people are very angry about the gospel being lovingly presented, right? Please start, please turn from what you're doing to Jesus. Right. It isn't, isn't like it's, it's the law and the gospel. So it's, yeah, this is sin, but there is grace in Jesus Christ. Sure. sure. But this made the doctor really hostile. Right. And of course, all this hostility is breeding uh, until the summer when um, Jordan, I, the video, I, uh, it was a great video. You can find it on one life for life uh, from like June this year. He's like Mr. Gordon, who's the, the abortion doctor. Yeah, he's Dr. Gordon. Yeah. Yep. Please, sir, you have to stop. This is Jordan. You have, in about this tone. You have to stop killing babies, sir. The wrath of God abides you. Please turn to Jesus Christ, right, and be saved. And then he, like, Dr. Gordon uh, is, like, in expletives, curses out Jordan. and says, if I, you know, expletive Syrian, I'm going to expletive kill you. So he got very threatening, and, and it was one more time even. Um, in July, late July, I believe, when Mr. Gordon came back again and Mr. and Jordan, the street preacher, again, is pleading with him to, like, please turn from your sin to Jesus. This time he took out his gun. Did so he, point it, at, did he been, point it at Jordan, do you know? He was waving it around. He's brandishing okay. And they called okay. the police, but the police wouldn't do anything. Wow. Right? Which, if it was the other way around, you can imagine what would have happened, right? Well, like, they had him in handcuffs so fast. So the city of Grand Rapids doesn't want to deal with the corruption and the immorality, right? They want to punish the evildoer. So that's the kind of hostility that was brewing. Okay. So he pulled a gun. Yeah. Then what? Well, since then, um, there's ongoing prayer that one of the street preachers, there's two guys who do it full time. There's two guys who do it part time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and one of those guys, his name is Jeremy, said, you know, I just feel like a year ago and a half. We need to pray that the Lord shuts this down in a mighty and a powerful way that only he can do and only he'll get credit for. Wow. So it's the continual hammering of the word of God on the stronghold. The verse I often pray there is from Jeremiah. Like, is not my word like a fire and like a hammer that breaks the rock? Yeah. Right. And you think about how does a hammer break the rock? At least when it's in the arm of a human, it takes repeated pounding. Right. It's not one smack mm-hmm. and it's and it's and smashed as smithereens. Mm-hmm. The repeated application of the word of God against his stronghold. So we all prayed that. Um, a gro- uh, there's a group of about 50 of us in a chat room that are all ministering there. Um, 
and we're all praying this, right? Like among other many people I don't know. Sure, sure. Uh, and the Lord is hearing our prayer, but we didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And that's what brings us to the current moment we're in. Yeah. So then, what happened? Um, well, it, it was an act of God that that and something that only He can get credit for that He only did in the likes of any of the other miracles of Scripture. If we see God in the in the timing and the details, that Mr. Gordon uh, th- Wednesday and Thursday was the twenty. 20- third and 24th we had that really hot weather come in of august 23rd and 24th of august yes and i found it really interesting because the weather prognosticators didn't have any chance of rain when it went from like 92 on thursday to 78 on friday i'm like yeah. that's odd. i'm a weather kind of hobbyist or whatever interest okay. in that why wouldn't it rain um or storm so then we got a call the next on friday morning that Thursday night that those storms had gone through from what 131 north of town across the northeast side of town out and through Alto. Well, Mr. Gordon lives in Alto. Okay. And uh, he had a heart attack that night. But the EMTs couldn't get to him for four and a half hours because of the down trees and the down power lines. Because there were tornadoes that actually ran tornadoes through that, that part. Yeah. Which is very unusual. But they did. And so they tore down a lot of trees. And so the EMTs could not get to him to help him. Correct. And he ended up dying that night. Correct. He died. Isn't that amazing? And that was how long ago? Two weeks ago tomorrow, on Thursday, to two, on the 24th of August. So, like, so he was the sole um, abortion physician in town. In West Michigan, yeah. I think and is, is he instantly being replaced or what, what's, what's coming as a result of that? Do you know? We don't know that we know that they're trying to make this look like healthcare and they've had nurses from spectrum come down there sometimes. Um, but it's like everybody likes to eat the hamburger, but no one wants to butcher the cow, right? Yeah. Not to be crass or try to compare killing a children to killing. Obviously not. Yeah. But so there's a lot of people that are pro abortion, but really don't want to have to do the awful thing. So abortions are not happening in Grand Rapids at this time? Not surgical abortions, to our knowledge. And it doesn't appear like he found a buyer for the facility to run it as it was. I mean, why would you just open up a different one, right? You don't need a reputation. Wow. What you got to do is say you're killing babies and people come. Um, Not to be crass. All right. And Parenthood is still dispensing right now the abortion pills. Yep. So again... Just to make it clear, I mean, how sad it is. We yes. hurt for, you know, you call him Mr. Gordon, I understand, but he technically was a doctor. But, uh, you know, where is he right now? I mean, God, Careful. you think God's happy? God doesn't want abortion, needless no. to say. And he's given him, I mean, he was preached at specifically about turning from his sin. And he, instead of repenting, he got angry. But I just let me just throw up a couple of scriptures that I'm sure you're familiar with that talk, you know, about about God's heart for this, Hmm. you know. Amen. First Timothy two. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. That is the heart of our God. Amen. He sent his son to pay the ultimate price out of his love for us. And then, you know, another scripture that folks are probably familiar with. Uh, uh, Let me see. There it is. The Lord is not slow 
in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's his heart. Amen. And uh, again, we, we grieve the Lord, you know, so we're not dancing in the streets. Yay, the guy's dead. We're thankful for abortion to stop. And God's grateful for that. But uh, And we're awed by his timing. and the yes, power his yes, his power to do judgment. that. Yeah, and, and we're in awe. He answers prayer. Let, let me just parenthetically state, you know, we've been praying for abortion. For, <laughs> you've been praying against abortion. We've been praying for revival and spiritual yeah. awakening, you know, for eight to ten years. Right. And in fact, I was with a group this morning. We've been meeting every Wednesday for the last seven or eight years and praying for revival, pastors, mayor of Kentwood, and so on. And then a few months ago, we ran into this, this Gen Z group, Met by Love, uh, ever, Every Heart Movement, they call themselves. And these, these kids, we call them, they are on fire for Jesus, and they're sharing the gospel just to everyone they can find. They're seeing miracles happen, and and they sent 70 of them out this past summer, and they saw 700 people come to faith in Christ. They sent them across the country. Um, and uh, then we had the the, uh, uh, the the send, it was called, this last Saturday, where they had about 10,000 young people, mostly from West Michigan, just celebrating what God's doing and agreeing yeah. to go anywhere God might send them to share the yeah. gospel. And they talk to us me. and they say, it's because of your prayers. And so prayers are powerful. Right. You're, you've seen that. We've yeah. seen that. We need to do more of that, don't we? Amen. Without prayer, we're powerless. Oh, like that's... prayer is the battle. And it's such a battle from the flesh to engage it, right? Like to rouse your sleepy body or stay yeah. up sleep or whatever. It's, you know, when you're a parent or have, and you have and or have jobs, or it's hard to find that time. So you end up eating into your sleep routine or your you know, your entertainment, like, yes, turn off the TV and pray, right? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, and seek so the Lord's true. face. Yeah. Again, I, I just going to briefly just move in another direction that we were talking about before. You know, why is it that I just saw the data that our governor put up that 56% of Michigan residents voted for proposal three? Which, which enshrined legal abortion into Michigan's constitution. For the most part, people are in favor of putting a wall between sex and birth of children. Right. And, well, abortion that may be a little ugly, but we have other ways to do the same thing. But just shooting straight, I've been there. Um, you know, and, and I I really believe a pro-abortion attitude is not someone that loves to kill unborn babies, but it's someone that says, "Yeah, I need I I need and deserve sex, but I don't want to have a kid, right. so I'm going to take some steps to prevent that." And that's what God hit me with many years ago. Jesus is supposed to be Lord of every area of our life, including our family size. Right. And he created sex uh, to have good relationship between a husband and wife in marriage, between a male and female, but also uh, to to miraculously, I would say, to create children. Right. And we're not having enough kids even to replace ourselves. I mean, most people don't even realize that. It takes 2.1 babies per female 
just to have zero population growth. We've been below that number since 1975 in America. It's like 1.6 right now. And uh, so the elderly (laughs) are growing, the group of us older folks getting bigger and too few people in the working class to pay for the Social Security and Medicare and so on. So the whole pressure for euthanasia is going to grow. So we need to give God this this area of our life. And uh, it's scary. But we've we've done. In fact, we got a couple couple of things we've written on the subject. Um, this was, of course, here's one book I wrote because I had a case about abortion uh, years ago. I'll just share real briefly here. I wrote this book about my experience as a judge, where a 13 year old came asking for an abortion because uh, Planned Parenthood had told her. Um, here, I got to share it. So Planned Parenthood had told her that uh, if she gave birth, her heart would stop, which was just totally not true. She was physically strong and so on. So she came in front of me. She was already ward of the court. Nobody would do the abortion without my permission. Long story short, I said, look, here I am, a juvenile court judge protecting born kids from abuse. You're asking me to order the killing of an unborn child? Are you kidding me? I'm not that schizophrenic. Again, all the testimony was it really was not in her best interest to have the abortion. I could have rested on that, but I didn't. I went beyond and said, look, even if it would somehow make her feel better in an emotional way, again, if it's going to kill her, that's a different story, but it wasn't going to kill her. Um, I said, I, I couldn't do it. And uh, I got affirmed on appeal and ended up writing this book and traveling and so on on that subject. So that's that's something that we've worked on. And... Uh, but on this whole subject of children, you know, we've written this book, Sweeter by the Dozen, Making Jesus the Lord of Our Family Size, on that same theme of just giving Jesus the, the right to decide how many kids. We, we were done at four. We now have 12, <laughs> 37 grandkids, uh, one great-grandchild, and so thankful for each one. Uh, God is great. And uh, if, if, you know, we have a booklet on our website that you could just download for free called Missing Our Children. Uh, feel free to look at it. So this whole abortion issue, you know, we're not going to end abortion until we change our hearts to love children. I, I'm not pro-life. When a spider gets in my house, I don't let it just wander or a mouse. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm pro-child. <coughs> and that's what we need to be. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. And and the root behind all of it is, is an idolatry, of a pride that says, I am God. Yes. I can do whatever I want with my body. Yep. I can do whatever I want with somebody else's body. That's why for people saying my body, my choice, it wasn't a con- contradiction for them to say, you need to be, you need to be vaccinated for COVID. Like, don't be violating my opinion, my conscience, right? You do what you do. And I'll, and it, it seems like a contradiction at first, but I says, it's not. Here's one yeah. thing that taught me. It's yeah. because they think they're God with the power over life and death for everybody else. Yes. And and that kind of um, evil needs to be resisted or we're all going to end up in a really bad place. Yes. Now, the Lord showed me um, that, you know, he works through everything mm-hmm. for good. Yes. We all know this from Scripture, but in particular, how this relates to abortion. Uh, back in 2019, Yep. He brought me to uh, Psalm 8, verse 2, and I read, picked up a paper on it from uh, academia.edu. Just happened to be 
rousing child sacrifice. I was reading on some stuff about Carthage and Tunisia, like child sacrifice there was a child sacrifice. There's a raging debate between the left scholars who want to say, oh, no, it's funerary because they want an underpinning to blame God for stillbirths, right? So they want to say this is normal. All these kids die. But then there's a bunch of other good scholars, who, you know, I would say who are saying this, looking at this more accurately, that this is child sacrifice. Yeah. Because the, the pots are all inscribed with four molech, right, in, in, yep. in Semitic language. And some of the bones have substitutionary sacrifices in them, if you will. They're lamb bones. Well, if these are funerary, why would they have buried a lamb? Right, so it's not consistent. So when in reading those papers, I, I picked up this other paper uh, about a birdies and babies, something, something, something in Psalm 8. And, and I'm like, so I'm like, I froze when I got to Hebrews chapter, or verse 8, verse 2, rather, chapter 2 of, of Psalm. Sorry, I don't want it to Hebrews. Psalm 8, verse 2. And no. we, I think our, our English translations get colored by Jesus' use of the Septuagint. Most of them say uh-huh. something like, from the mouth of babes and infants, you've ordained praise, right? Um, but when you parsed it right out of the, the, the Hebrew, which is slightly different, it says, from the mouths of infants and sucklings, you've ordained strength because of your adversary that you would cause to be destroyed the enemy and the revenger. I'm like, whoa, that is new to me, Lord. Help me to understand what this means. This was like in February and like to the course of the year, uh, um, he brought this to me and long story short, I'm realizing like, hey, uh, abortion is an Achilles heel in Satan's scheme, right? So while he takes a gamble to harvest the blood and the dead and the consciences, who hasn't seen an ultrasound, who doesn't know the value of a little child yes. and the value of humans, which then speaks to the man, the creator who made us in his image that we have moral account- accountability to him for violating his commandments. And I've had more, more than a few conversations on the sidewalk with people like, do you know why this is such a contentious issue, right? Like, because if this is okay, then you can do what you want, but you don't matter. You have no meaning or value or purpose. You're just an atom, right? Whatever. Right. Yeah, just a bunch of chemicals. And, yeah. So while you strive to be God, you actually lose everything of value in yourself. That's right. But the other thing is true is that, that this is wrong and you or I matter, but we have moral accountability. And like almost without exception, if they're at all at all in the mood to listen at all. I mean, I, they've had them even hostile. They go quiet. Like the Lord just showed me this argument. They just go like they're dumbfounded and don't know what to do. So it's like pre-evangelism. I said, but, but God sent his son, Jesus, right. To pay that moral debt for us, please turn to him. Most of the time, by this time they're walking away because it's the first time they actually heard the gospel. Yes. Um, But it's a great opportunity. One of the guys and kind of springboarding where this is going. hmm, I'll let you take it next before I go off on a bunny path. (laughs) Well, no, that's all good. I totally agree with you that we do need to share the gospel, that we are created in the image of God. We're not just a happenstance and, well, who cares who lives or dies? It doesn't matter because you're just animals as always. No, we're created in the image of God, and we're going to live forever, either in his eternal kingdom or in a very hot place for a very long time. Right. And we're going to appear before a judgment seat. I mean, that's just going to happen. And he loves us. He he proved it, so that that's absolutely true, my friend. So he showed us yeah. his love. Well, yeah. we were sinners. Christ died for us. Amen. 
Well, yeah, I think it's time to maybe bring this airplane in for a landing here, Perfect. but this has been incredibly helpful, Dean. Thank you. Can I say one more thing real quick? Please do. Okay. Please do. So we talked about the shift afterwards, right? So there's been a word that's been heard around the world. We've talked about that before, right? The one about the Chinese did it too, and the Algerians and the Egyptians. And remember our conversation like in March, a year ago? Remind. This place is called Grand Rapids. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I won't get into that now because I don't have the time nor the place. Yeah. So before that, we had a very hostile young man. And, and so, and abortions and revival, right? Like that's the prayer of so many people. This very, very hostile young man, he calls himself Christian. I don't know if that's his real name or if he's mocking us. Okay. If you ask something, he'd run over you and slap you down, like just terribly rude. Finally got to play some of our mature ladies, like we Christian, we just don't even, we can't even talk to you. It, it's, you're just abusive to us. Please, please, when you're ready to be nice, we'll be glad to talk, but don't bother, right? Well, when Thomas Gordon died, then Jordan and Stephen, everybody started shifting to the Planned Parenthood on Cherry to bring the gospel there okay. and share the gospel with people. This young man on Tuesday night at a, a, a weekly outreach at Burton and Eastern and Wednesday morning at Planned Parenthood came to them twice and had reasonable conversations about the gospel actually said, I could see how you would come to that position. Mm -hmm. That's a shift of magnitude. I can't begin to tell you. So I'm, I'm hopeful just that little yes. wedge. Like, yes. so if it's true that that abortion deadens our conscience and if the Lord in his mercy wants to bring revival to Grand Rapids, yes, amen. the first step might be the ending of abortion. Well, I, I would so, love it. Love to see that happen. I hope so, that this is a sign of more things to come. Yes. No, I pray. Let's pray. In fact, amen. close us in prayer for Dean, sure. would you? Along sure, those lines, go for it. Our gracious heavenly father, oh, your love for us is, is higher than the skies and deeper than our sin. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and your mercy to us in giving us Jesus to pay for our sin and make us your children that we're no longer orphans. Lord, we just want to see your name lifted up. Yes. We want to see you receive all the glory. We want to see revival in Grand Rapids where you give us prophets to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers yes. to prepare people before the, for the Lord. Lord, we, we believe there may be, this may be your will to work in a special way in Grand Rapids to the world. Lord, let your will be done. But we thank you and praise you for your mighty act in ending abortion, surgical abortions in Grand Rapids. Father, we want you to be all the praise and glory for that. Mm -hmm. That all would hear this story, would fear the Lord and tremble before you and call on the name of your son, Jesus, to be saved. Yes, Lord. Father, we pray that we would use our time wisely. Help us to let our light shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Mm -hmm. Lord, bless Grand Awakening. Bless the gathering of people that we would persevere, that we would not give up. Mm -hmm. um, bless Randy and Marcia with wisdom to lead um, in the prayer and the, and the speakers and just to, to help use them to help light the passion of the, the Holy Spirit's passion in people, but just to be that conduit for that. Lord, we ask that you would bring revival to Grand Rapids. We ask this in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much, Dean. This has been great chatting with you and, and hearing your heart. God, continue to bless you, my dear brother. And you too. We'll see you soon. Okay. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.